Blog Talk Radio. Working on a weekend like usual. Way off in the deep end like usual. Swear they passed us. Sorry, Ron. Wrong phone song.
Well, good evening. Welcome to another edition of Fighting Words on Fighting Words News Network. Fighting Words is brought to you each and every night of the week. In great, grateful appreciation to men and women of the United States Armed Forces, men and women police and fire services, the doctors and nurses and first responders in the hospitals working against COVID, and one of those people at the supermarkets that keep the, the, the shelves filled uh, during the pandemic. Tonight's uh, program is dedicated to a, a really uh, terrific person. Uh, started playing golf when he was about 11 years old. Uh, has played now uh, as a professional for 50 years. Um, and at January 1st will be his last day uh, on the job. Uh, Mike Cole is uh, a terrific uh, golf coach, uh, teacher, and a terrific person. Uh, he's also a good contributor to our Wednesday night program. So uh, we want to wish uh, Mike uh, a very uh, happy retirement. And we're glad you're not retiring from us, but uh, it's uh, always good to have somebody. In. Uh, certainly when he, yeah, helps it. when he goes out on the course to play with anybody, he watches and he, he listens. And if you ask him, he'll help you uh, with your your stroke. It's happened to me many, many times. So uh, I thank you for his friendship over these years. Well, Bob, right now it's uh, just you and I for a couple minutes till the boys get here. But um, what you, what was your, uh, what's your thoughts of today's uh, matches? Well, first I want to give a shout out to Mike and hey, Mike. Next time you're in San Diego, hit me up and teach me how to golf because I am horrible. And I've never broke a hundred, and I love it. And I'm about good for two beers on the first nine and two beers for the back. But you know, hey, Mike, you know, whenever, <laughs> whenever you get a chance, just get all the Frank. He'll, he'll, he'll hook us up. <clears throat> so yeah, tonight uh, UFC um, fight night um, main main event is going to be uh, Ben Benio Dursh. Because I'm on, uh, I can't, again, these names, I'm sorry. Yeah, that way you could pronounce that last name. Yeah, two phenomenal fighters with the up-and-coming stuff, you know, and uh, Tara Sirkin or whatever, like, he's he, he is on a, an unstoppable win streak right now. Bill Durish is a beast as well. So uh, I think his last loss was to uh, uh, the current champ. Uh, I'm brain farting that right now, too, as well. Um where, where's Caden when I need him? He, you know, fill in all this stuff just yeah, like Ty. Um, yeah, right. So, uh, yep. who do you lose to? But anyway, uh, great card tonight. Um, so far, the prelims have, have finished. They're just getting into the main card. My girl Misha Tate uh, was the headliner on the uh, prelims, and. Oh. You there, Bob? Hey, Zig. 
Your call has been forwarded to an automatic voice message system. Seven two zero three zero eight one zero two five is not available. At the tone, please record your message. When you have finished recording, you may hang up or press one for more options. Hey, Tone. Z, how you doing? Hey, this is Ty. Is this... Oh, Ty, I'm sorry. I guess the number's mixed hey. up. Okay, hey, how's it go. going? Good, good. We just, uh, oh, go ahead, uh, Bob. Somehow you got you cut off. Yeah, I got cut off mid-sentence. I was just rambling on. I don't know where I got cut off. <laughs> you know, this is where my wife my wife calls it mansplaining because, like, I don't know at what point you, you I lost you. All right, so I'm going to start from the uh-huh. beginning. I'm going to talk to you like a child. All right. Hey. So tonight, tonight was a great fight. Uh, uh, we, we, we've got the champ, or uh, Daniel Burt. Darlish going against Emron. I can't pronounce these again, like I said. Uh, but that's going to be a great fight. These guys are both up-and-comers. Uh, Darius is a, is a phenomenal uh, uh, fighter as well. Uh, Tasa Karin's got a phenomenal record, and he's coming up. Uh, great card tonight. I just got done watching uh, Meet the Tate at the end of – everyone knows that's my girl. Uh, comes out of Washington State. Used to wrestle with my brother. Um, uh she just, uh, you know, even at her age, got a three-round three, uh, three round dominant victory, uh, ended up getting the submission over Julia Aviella. Um, and uh, so that was phenomenal for her. The fight before that, Cody Brunge has got the win over Zachary Reese. So tonight's a great card. It just looks like the whole lineup is a bunch of people my age either getting cut or, or going on, it looks like. I mean, Man, we got Darius, we got Bobby Green, we got Jalen Turnell at the Coleman event. That's after a cancellation. Um, we got Rob Font going Davison for Figueredo. Um, you know, and Figueredo's coming off his, his loss to Brandon Moreno. Um, there, there's so many good fighters: Calvin Gaston, uh, Jacqueline Skeer, Clay, Clay Guida. I mean, I talk about Clay Guida more than any other fighter in my history when I'm teaching people and they run around like they have this stamina forever, I, I, I'm like, you're no Clay Guida. You know, people, hardest part about fighting is keeping your hands up the whole time. So if you're coming in there right. all tense, you ain't going to make it. And, and right. you know, I tell people, just keep your hands up. And you know, two things you're going to do. Just focus on this. Keep your hands up and breathe. That's all I need you to do. The rest will, come, the rest will fall into place. But everyone just wants to take your head off with every swing. So, Dan Hooker, uh, there, there's a lot of good fighters tonight. So, um, we're just coming off another uh, victory. Dan or Dustin Stolches uh, just beat Pana Haley Serino. So, we're on the made card now. Tonight will be fun. Um, I'm excited for the guys to get on and, and chew the fat. But good stuff tonight. Yeah. yeah. Ty, what do you think of the uh... – that match uh, between uh, Marino and uh, Figueroa. Uh, well, first of all, good night to you guys. How's everybody doing? Bob, Butch, good to talk to you guys. <laughs> Hope everyone Kate's had a good holiday. Oh, Caden as well. Well, Caden can tell you even more than I could, right? Uh, when you're talking about that, the match between Figueroa and Moreno, one match, right? They had a four-fight series. So Figueroa is has lost the last fight to Moreno, Moving up in weight, 
and we'll see how he does tonight against Rob Font. Very interesting fight. Yeah. Caden? I was confused. So he's moving up versus Font going down. Okay, that, that answers that question. Love having oh, you on, Ty. Thank you. You and Caden, oh, yeah, for filling in those blanks. And happy Thanksgiving to both you guys. Hope Mom's doing Thank good. You. And Caden, glad you got the night off for one. Uh, yeah. I'm I'm still at work. I'm just I'm just on break. There you go. You need hey, to quit. Leave that for Your job's getting in the way of my my personal stuff. All right, so let's think about other people. Hey, Caden, what's the story with uh, Jamal Hill getting arrested for uh, beating up his brother? Yeah, I I didn't um I I heard I heard about that earlier this week and it was a shocker. It really was. He doesn't seem like the type of dude to uh like lash out like that. He doesn't seem he's not really a loud dude, especially on social media. Right. You know, he, he seems like a dude who likes to keep to himself a lot and uh he gets arrested for uh physical dispute with his I believe his younger brother. And uh mm-hmm. yeah, I guess here we are. Whole whole light heavyweight division is kinda all jambled up, jimbled, jambled up. So, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I'll talk more about the uh, Rob Font, Davidson Figueroa fight because talking about two, some of my favorite fighters in the UFC, especially in Davidson Figueroa. And I honestly mm-hmm. didn't, I didn't know that he was going to be fighting Rob Font. I, this is this was news to me until tonight, and I was like, well, I guess now I have a reason to watch these fights. So uh, I'm actually. Yeah. I can watch them while I'm, while I'm here working, but I don't know, I don't know how well that's going to work out for me. But uh, yeah, Davidson Figueroa, I definitely it, this is my guy. His hands like lightning, and they hit like lightning as well. He's probably <laughs> the most powerful little guy in the UFC, and I, I mean that. I mean he is knockout power like a heavyweight. This guy hits like an absolute truck. So um, and we we do know that Rob Font he's he's got the uh, the consistency to stay in front of your face and take those shots all night long. But <laughs> if he tries to do that with Figueroa, he, you know, he's he's gonna he's gonna get that that overhand right or that that um, that jab straight combo to the face. He's not gonna know what's what, what's hit him. He, he's gonna be on them uh, on them wobbly legs. That's that's what I think is gonna happen. Right. You think uh, Figueroa's uh, power is gonna translate? up uh, a weight class because, you know, oh, Font's yeah. going to try to, you know, one thing mm-hmm. Font's going to do, he's going to try to establish his jab and kind of outpace mm-hmm. you. And, yeah. you know, Figueroa is a, is a very patient counterpuncher who t- tends to do damage. You believe he'll still be able to do that type of level of damage at, uh, you know, weight class up? I, I do think so. And you know, I feel like the big story of this fight is the, the height difference and the weight class change for both fighters. And Rob Font is a lot taller than Davidson Figueroa. But Davidson Figueroa has been dealing with that issue most of his career. You know, like I say, he's not the tallest guy ever. He's probably the tallest guy he's ever fought, at least in the UFC. And um, I do think that he'll be able to get under the jab and, and get it get up in his face and, you know, really, um, really just get past that danger zone into a spot where he can do his thing and do what he does best, which is hard-nosed fighting. And uh, I don't think Rob Font will be able to keep up with it. I really don't. 
That's why I love talking to you guys. I mean, you guys, you guys can break it down to the fact. That, I mean, you, Ty Z. I mean, the, the fact that the, sometimes the safest area is going forward, especially for a shorter guy. You, you know, and and it's really hard to translate that to new people that are learning. Like, you know, hey, you know, if you if you don't got the reach, you need to get in there. And, and go closer to that individual. So that'll be a great fight for them tonight. And figure out, you know, he's got, uh, you know, some submissions and, 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 and leg kicks and stuff as well. So Font's got that great jab. So we'll see about distance tonight for sure. Um, I'm just cracking up right now watching Clay Guida walk into the UFC because this guy's got more energy than anybody I've ever met in my life or, or, or seen. So it, it's, always, it's just always a classic watching him walk in. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty okay. stacked car for a fight night too, man. Yes. Yeah, like fight night cards aren't usually that stacked. Can I stack with mm-hmm. all the old people? I love it. I mean, Kevin Gaston was fighting Sean Brady, and like, remember, he was undefeated until he ran into Bilal Muhammad. He's out of Philadelphia, so uh, this card, it'll be yeah. Like me and Frank were talking off air. This, this card is full of like once was. You know, like yeah, everyone here. At some point, had a title, you, you know, and most of the, most of the uh, opponents. So it, it, it's it's actually a stacked card if you know your history. Yeah, that's what I say. Yeah, I mean, for a fight night, you usually don't see a card this stacked. Mm-hmm. Oh. Hey, Ty, what was the uh, what's the story with uh, uh, Francis Nagano turning down a fight on uh, December twenty third um, in? Uh, in Saudi Arabia, it's part of that day of reckoning. Yeah. Well, you know what? That's a rel- relatively quick turnaround in the business for, for these guys at mm. that level. Um, you know, he just fought Tyson Fury a couple months ago. Right. I, I don't know how if he suffered any damage or how much damage he may have suffered, but that's just a relatively quick turnaround for these guys at this level. You know, these guys are making multi-million dollars for a fight. Uh, training camps are usually long and brutal, so that's just a quick turnaround. There was no way he was going to be ready for December 23rd, unless it was something that was going to pay as much or more than Fury. And I believe they were talking about uh, Jali Zhang, who uh, wasn't going to, you know, that wasn't going to be that big a fight financially, uh, although mm-hmm. Francis is going to make a lot of money. Uh, there are bigger fights out there for him. So it, it wouldn't have been wise to do that from a business standpoint. Okay. Um, uh, uh, Tom Aspinall slammed the, the uh, state boxing, state of boxing, uh, for the ten fights that are on. Uh, do you have any idea uh, what that's all about? No, I'm so glad you brought up that name because I wasn't on the uh, the show after he won uh, the interim uh, heavyweight championship, and I don't know right. if y'all remember. But, you know, it was a while before that, that fight, and um, you know, he broke his leg, and he was had a layoff for a while, came back, got, got I forget who he fought, and then he got that, that heavyweight title shot. But, yeah, I'm looking, I've been looking for an excuse to talk about this guy. And I just want to take a little second to say Tom Aspinall is him. He is him. Somebody, I had my brother ask me the other day, uh, who, who do you think will win between John Jones and Tom Aspinall? I've been a John Jones fan ever since I got into MMA. He, he was him and Conor McGregor were the two guys who got me into MMA. And I honestly have to say that I think Tom Aspinall is going to beat 
John Jones if they fight each other. He is so Ooh. technically skilled, and his striking is so up to par. I just don't I don't think there's a lot of guys in that heavyweight division that can beat him right now. And my I also forgot your question. What was it again? Yeah, I was just wondering what what you thought. Uh, he came off uh, slamming the uh, the inner boxing between the uh, MMA and boxers and boxers. And, oh, and, yeah. So I mean, I feel like every everyone has their own opinion on it, and I feel like it it definitely has to do with where you lay in the situation. You know, I, I feel like there's three main uh, three main objectives or not objectives, but um mindsets towards this uh, or attitudes towards this this whole shebang. You have the fans, which are us, which, honestly, if you're a fan, I don't see how you could really hate it. You know, there's just more yeah. more fights, more cool stuff to watch. You know, and mm-hmm. then you have the people who are benefiting from it, the actual fighters who are going in there and making millions of dollars off it, which more power to you if you're making millions of dollars. You know, I can't really hate on that. Mm-hmm. And the people who are more, affected yeah. poorly by it, who are going to not like it. You know what I mean? So yeah. I guess he's one of those people that thinks he's being affected poorly by it because he's a UFC fighter or an MMA fighter that doesn't do it. And yeah, mm-hmm. it, it might look, it might may uh, may make some MMA fighters look bad and make the the sport look bad because they're going into boxing and stuff. And you know, some of these guys are getting humiliated. But there's always just that that argument you can make that. You know, make it flip flop. Make them come into MMA, and it'd be the same thing because it would be the same thing. So I don't really think there's there's any point to getting mad over it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. All right. Hey, Ed, Ty, the uh, WBA came out this week and approved uh, that new cruiser, heavy cruiser weight. Oh, uh, bridger weight. Yeah, bridger weight is yeah. called. Yeah, two hundred to two twenty four. What's your yeah. thoughts on that one? Uh, I'm not a fan of Bridgerweight right now, but I remember when I was younger, I wasn't a fan of Cruiserweight when it was first initiated. So, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, uh, I, You know, I think to add some parity in boxing, because, you know, if you take a guy as big as Tyson Fury, you know, it, 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 there are certain difficulties when it comes to uh, – you know, obviously, it's physical attributes, but I don't know. I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm not a fan of it at this point. So, you know, we'll see what happens. You know, maybe if you get more guys in the class, you know, more marquee guys in the class, and yeah. you know, have some really good fights. That's kind of what made me a fan of cruiserweights. They just didn't have marquee guys, but they had you know very good fighters and they had really good fights. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. remember, cruiserweight eventually spawned Evander Holyfield. So, you know, if Bridger right. you know, can can do something uh, you know, something similar over over time, but you know, as of right now I'm not a fan, but you know, things change in time, so we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. I'm coming back to you, Kai, with uh Ryan Garcia versus uh Duarte tonight. What's your thoughts? Well, you got to favor Garcia. If he's mentally and, and physically in a good place, he's the better fighter, the bigger uh, better, younger fighter. Uh, with that said, Duarte is dangerous. He's a puncher. Um, but he's fighting at 140. He's never fought at 140 before. He's, you know, 135-pound fighter. This would be Garcia's second fight at 140. Uh, Garcia 
felt that he was weight drained when he fought Tank Davis down at 136 or whatever their catch weight is. So if he felt that way, then having Duarte come up at 140 is pulling the guy up in weight. So he's the naturally big, bigger guy. Duarte is an aggressive guy who's going to bring pressure, but the problem is, is, is he does, he's not super clever with his entry. He doesn't always come in on angles. And uh, if he comes to fight, Garcia should be able to catch him with one of those uh, whip-like left hooks and put him out. Um, but it should be a fun, interesting fight for as long as it lasts. Okay. How about, uh, uh, hey, Bob? Uh, Naval Carpe um, seems to be running his mouth off a lot about uh, wanting to fight uh, Israel and Asante. Um so much so that they evidently had a, uh, a short fisticuffs uh, somewhere in, a, in behind the scenes in, a, in uh, Las Vegas. What's your thoughts on that one? Uh, all right. So, Mano Cafe, uh, I don't know a whole lot about him other than he's uh, <clears throat> he's, he's out of Portuguese. He's a Portuguese fire. He's doing pretty good. Uh, he's about 30 years old, and he's got a mouth. And he was at a press conference and was getting into it with someone in the fan, a fan in the stands or, or, or a reporter or something. Like he was yelling back and forth like that. And Adesanya and – here, i got to get my notes. This one gets me elevated. All right, hold on. Yeah, um, yeah what happened was then, Emmanuel Kepe was supposed to fight uh, Kai Kara France, who's one of Adesanya's teammates. Kara France right. got hurt, pulled out, and then so Kepe starts talking trash on Kara France, and then Adesanya intervened, um, and it just never – and then it just went off the rails. Yeah, Emmanuel Kepe turned on Adesanya. Um, you had – uh, who was sitting in between them? It was uh, Tai Tuavasa was sitting in between them, and he's just rolling his eyes. That kid was just going off to the point where he's calling off Asanya. And Asanya basically said it like he was, like, you know, I'll stuff this midget in my pocket. You know what I mean? Like, pretty much. Like, you know, I mean, I, I get it. We're all fighters, but you got to be realistic as well. You, you know, I mean, you don't go – I'm I'm a retired broken has been. I'm not going to go out call out John Jones. I know better. You, you know what I mean? Or even these, these these smaller guys, these smaller guys calling us out. You know, backing up to, you know, what Caden was talking about earlier about boxers. You know, trying to come into MMA versus MMA going into boxing. Now I can see MMA getting uh, coerced into going to boxing because it's like uh, sharpening a knife or honing a skill. But and correct me if I'm wrong, Ty, boxers coming over to MMA, they're going to come in too heavy on that lead leg. And they're going to be too open, you know, too open for leg kicks and takedowns and stuff like that. They're just, they're opening themselves up to too much. They're, 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 they're pugilists. Like I can't outbox a boxer, but I'll fight anybody. You know what I mean? It's like, it's yeah. because everyone's got uh, a thing. So, Caden, I don't think the boxers are going to come our way. We have to go theirs for the money, and, that, and that's okay. And we were talking about something earlier, too, that I wanted to jump on, but I forgot. But this Kate, this Michael Cape guy, I think he's just another uh, trash talker, uh, and that segues me into UFC 269, when it's supposed to be Edwards versus Colby Covington, the king of trash talk. I bet you Colington walks out with an injury again, and that gets re, re you know, it redone. 
and Leon Edwards has got to find somebody else. Like, it always seems to me that the guys that talk the most trash are the hurt the most. Go figure. You know, and this never quite mm-hmm. comes through. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, uh, uh, just to let you guys know, Caden and Bob, uh, backstage after everything happened, a little later on, Izzy went up to Manuel Kepe to apologize, and uh, Kepe wouldn't accept it. He didn't want to bury the hatchet. But Izzy went to That's try to bury the hatchet with him. That's a whole new fight. See, I've, I've gone through this stuff, too, and I try to explain this to my wife. If I come to you and apologize and say I'm wrong and you don't accept that, Oh, and, and, and you, yeah. you and you 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 completely elevated again. You're starting yep. a whole new fight. Now now it justifies it to me uh, to where I didn't start it anymore. So now yeah, I, and that's just a justification to myself. But whatever. I uh I just want to make a quick interjection here. I got to uh, got to go back to work. I was a pleasure being on with you guys, and uh, hopefully be on next week. But. Uh, I love all y'all. Have a good night and uh, enjoy those fights later tonight. Thank you. Always great talking to you, Cade, Cade, man. Get that money, bro. Love you, Cade. <laughs> all the time. All the time. <laughs> yeah. Hey, um, Ty, what would you think of, uh, of uh, can you read my own writing here now? Oh, um, we have so a... So it's not just me. <laughs> Anthony Joshua uh, and uh, Deontay Wilder coming up. Uh, it hasn't been signed yet, but what well, do you no, think they're of that fighting con- different that people. Picture? I mean, they're signed, but they're signed to fight different people. Joshua uh-huh. is fighting Otto Zalen, and uh, and Deontay Wilder is going to fight Joseph Parker. So, right. uh, and they're on the same card, and also on that card is uh, Jarrell Big Baby Miller against Daniel Dubois. So that. Butch, you hinted at that a few weeks ago, but it hadn't been signed, but it got pushed over the finish line a few days Great. after you, you talked about it. It got pushed over the finish line. So we'll have that to look forward to on December 23rd. Sure. Uh, what do you think of Katie Taylor's win uh, over uh, uh, Natalie Katar? You mean over Chantel Cameron? It, it was a, Cameron, a rematch. Yeah. yeah, it was a rematch, yeah. and uh, Cameron nicked the first fight. And yeah, I thought I thought Taylor nicked this fight, and Nick is the word. Yeah, I thought she was just a little bit more busy. Um, you know, and it's funny, man. Her demise has been uh, spoken of, you know, a few times over these last couple of years because she's a little long in the tooth and. You know, over the last couple of years, her performances haven't looked, uh, you know, like they used to look. But nonetheless, she keeps uh, finding ways to win. So, you know, kudos to her. She's she's basically uh, she's going to be an Irish legend uh, over there right. in Ireland. So, you know, good for her, man. She's had a great career. She's, you know, obviously a decorated amateur. And she's done a lot for uh, women's boxing, specifically and especially in Europe. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. Right now, Clay Guida is running 67% effective strikes versus Silva's uh, 30% effective strikes. Thir- Silva's coming in with some big bombs, but Clay Guida just walks through everything. I don't get where this guy gets his stamina. I mean, this guy fights. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have the best body, the best physique, the best anything, and he just has the willpower of 
a god. I'm I'm just go Clay Quita. Clay Guida's gift is his stamina. Like some people's gift have you know, some people have great gift their gift of speed or power. But you take a guy like like Clay Guida, like I, I always thought Kobe's gift, Kobe Covington's gift is endurance and durability. Yeah. But Clay yeah. Guida for Clay Guida to be the age he is now, his stamina is 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 a remarkable talent. Mm-hmm. Ty, what did you think of uh, David Benvenides? Uh, uh, he, he stopped uh, Demetrius Andre. I mean, that was a that was a hell of a fight last week. Yeah, that went exactly uh, the way I thought it would go. Um, uh-huh. Vito and I had fun, you know, talking about it. But yeah, it went exactly how I thought it would go. Uh, with that said, kudos to both guys for getting in the ring with each other. Because that's uh-huh. part of, been part of the issue, right? No one has wanted to get in the ring with either guy. So, uh, uh-huh. you know, it, it was a good fight. What happened is what I thought would happen. Um, you know, it's, I think Andrade, you know, you have to wait till he was 35 to get a big fight. Um, uh-huh. And, you know, now that, you know, he got it, he got the big fight a little later than he should have and at a weight class you know, maybe he shouldn't have been at. Um, so it's interesting to see what happens next. Uh, a lot of people thought the Benavidez destroying Andre like that is a mandate for the Canelo fight. But uh, I'm hearing rumors Canelo may fight Jaime Munguia, just like we talked about a few weeks ago. Uh-huh. So uh, it'll be interesting. I think uh, Benavidez, if if uh, if Munguia fights uh, Canelo Benavidez, I'm hearing he'll probably target Jamal Charla, who also had a win on that card. So what will happen in these – see, that's the one great thing about big fights, right? If you have the big fight, then it's like, what next? And so we're just kind of waiting to see what happens next with the players. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, uh, do you have something, Bob? No, there is. I, I, so the, it's going to a decision, Clay Guida and this, uh, Silva – um, I, I, with Clay Guida's strike percentage, I mean, he, there's no way he should lose, but I'm on the edge of my seat because I, I hate any fight going to the scorecards. And what an exciting fight. I mean, Guida's mm-hmm. got to be over 40. He's got to be, ah, God, he's, he's got to be close to my age. I don't know. Like, this is just impressive. Like, how does this guy do this? Mm-hmm. I, have a, I have a hard time getting right. off the couch right now, and I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, hey, Ty, what did you think of uh, uh, Jamal Charlo uh, and uh, uh, Jose Benavides? That went like I expected it to. I thought Charlo all in all looked pretty sharp, considering he was coming off of a two-year layoff. Um, obviously, he was fighting a guy who, who, who was coming up in the weight and who you could see was significantly smaller than him physically as far as muscle and bone density. Um, but all in all, I thought Charlo looked sharp. And, I, you know, one thing about Jose Benavidez is he always comes to fight. Uh, and I thought, you know, he fought. I thought he – actually, I thought he performed pretty well and put up a good fight. He was just, you know, outmanned and outgunned by a bigger guy. Um, so, mm-hmm. again, it would be interesting to see what happens next. Uh, does Canelo mm-hmm. choose Jamal Charlo? I don't believe – I always thought that Canelo's next fight after – getting by Jamal Charlo would be either Jamal Charlo 
or Jaime Munguia. He's not going to fight Benavidez yet. He has that two-fight, three-fight deal with PBC, and there's two fights left. And I've always believed the last fight would be Benavidez, with the second fight being potentially Jamal Charlo or else bringing Jaime Munguia over for that fight. So, again, we'll see what happens next. Very interesting. Yeah, yeah. The the other one I want to ask you about was – Again, we have the uh, Tyson Fury and uh, Usyk fight on uh, in February. Well, my question is, I know we've gone through this before, but my question is, do you uh, feel that uh, being so close to his last fight, that Tyson Fury is going to be up to this? Will he be able to take it or not? Yeah, he'll absolutely be up for it. I, obviously, we know Usyk is Ty Parquet's favorite fighter. It's my guy. Right. But That's right. Um, to to assume that Tyson Fury is going to come into that fight as damaged goods or come into that fight not up for it, it would be, you know, foolhardy and foolishness. Um, regardless mm-hmm. of what happened, first of all, that fight itself was scheduled for December 23rd. So that was the fight mm-hmm. we were supposed to get on December December 23rd. That fight was supposed to headline this big heavyweight uh, extravaganza right. card. But because of the Fury-Naganu fight and the damage that Fury took in that fight, their fight got pushed back to February. So Fury pushed it back to February specifically so he could come in at his best. So there's no way, to, there's no way anyone – uh, with a rational mind, would assume that he would come in at anything less than his best. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you another question. Was, was it uh, absolutely necessary that Haney uh, vacate his uh, light heavyweight be- uh, belt? Is that just to get more fights? I'm sorry, I don't, I don't, know, I don't know what you're referring to, sir. Uh, Devin Haney uh, vacated his uh, lightweight uh, uh, title. Oh, his lightweight belt. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, what, what, what happened is, you know, he's fighting at, you know, he's fighting Regis Progray in a couple of weeks here. Right. At, uh, right. And they're fighting at 140, and he's fighting for that mm-hmm. title at 140. So. He, you know, obviously being the undisputed champion, you have all sorts of mandatories. And so what right. starts to happen is the mandatories creep in, and one by one, those belts get stripped. Also, Devin mm-hmm. Haney was saying that he was having problems making the weight anyway. So I think it's always honorable for a guy, if you're going to go ahead in another direction, to vacate the titles instead of holding them up. And that's what he eventually mm-hmm. done. He eventually decided to vacate the titles, which is what he, I, I believe he should have done a little earlier. But, you know, it's all well and good. He's, he's done it now. And I think that was the right thing to do because it looks like he's going to campaign from this point on at 140. Okay. So we talked to well, you know, Ty, about like you were, Sorry, you were, you were saying that earlier and they're creating that new uh, bruiser weight or something, uh, division, yeah, right? Called, yeah, it's called bridger weight. For those kind of mid-tier, smaller guy heavyweights. Yeah, so I was thinking about that because the the whole world's evolving. You know what I mean? And now you can't re- rehydrate with banana bags, and and these kids are getting softer. So back in the day, boxing and MMA, you know, were separated by like eight or. 
10 pounds and stuff like that. They're going to change all the weight classes down to five pounds because anything over five pounds, it hurts their feelings. <laughs> they start feeling bad about themselves. It's a psychological, you know what I mean? They get, they feel bad, you know, these, oh, you know, it's all about feelings these days. So that's, they're going to bring all the weight classes bad. down to, you know, three to five pounds. They don't want you to, they don't want body shaming in professional sports now. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, uh, Ty, what do you think of uh, Arthur Benavid, uh and Caleb Smith coming up in January? Well, I'm looking forward to that fight. I favor uh, Benavidez, but that's a fight I'm looking forward to. Callum Smith, obviously, he only had that one loss where he completely shot the bed against Canelo Alvarez. Um, but outside of that, he's won every fight he's had. And he's looked like he's shown more power up a weight class at light heavyweight. He remember he's a guy who's like six four, so he mm-hmm. was a guy who, although he was at one seventy five, he started his career at one seventy five. So there were some thoughts in the UK that him continuing to fight at I'm sorry at one sixty eight, uh, that him continuing to fight at one sixty eight was a matter of diminishing returns. And since he's been at one seventy five, he's only had one or two fights, but he looked really strong. He, he when he weighs in, he looks better, more flush. So I view him as a more dangerous fighter. However, I view Arthur Better Bev as the, you know, most dangerous fighter at 175, unless age or injury catches up with him. You always got to favor uh-huh. him, unless he's fighting big ball, and that, you know, obviously hasn't happened as of yet. Right. Uh, you get one more here. Uh, Oh, um, I asked Caden about uh, Jamal Hill and uh, uh, getting arrested for uh, beating up his brother. Uh, yeah, the only thing Caden was a little off about, it wasn't his little brother, it was his big brother. I do remember reading that. And uh, you know what happened. I mean, you know, around the holidays, we all got those family members. <laughs> sure. Now, well, you know, I, uh, Bobby and I had gone up to a uh, a boxing uh, match up in uh, St. Petersburg um, many years ago, and uh, we had just walked in the, the place, and all of a sudden there was all hell broke loose. And what oh, it was boy. is uh, Jeff Lacey's brother, who was uh, an alcoholic slash um, – oh whatever, uh, had gotten into a fight, and he was beating the hell out of uh, two cops and the security guard. And he went over and uh, finally got him in a a bear hug, and and they were able to subdue him. Um, And uh, unfortunately, uh, that same brother uh, caused a major problem in that uh, he took out three police officers um, in – in his house down in the south part of uh, St. Petersburg, Jeez. to a point where he even actually went up to his uh, up to his attic, and he tied one of the legs and would move it so that uh, the guys thought that he was that, that guy was still alive, so that they wouldn't blast blast up. And uh, when they finally they brought a, a ram in and rammed through the roof, 
and uh, they found that the, the sergeant was already uh, had already been dead. But uh, uh, Lacey, they took Lacey out. But uh, yeah, that that does that does happen, and unfortunately, um, it, uh, Jeff was never uh, never the same. Uh, you know, from the embarrassment, and then the uh, then he, well, he didn't. He even stopped coming around the Forty uh, Ninth Street gym, uh, which was all, almost his home. When the, <clears throat> but um, uh, uh, Dan said that uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, let me get a blank here. Keith is uh, Keith looking Keith super Thomas. super well. Yeah, super well, and they expect to have a fight uh, in in uh, January. And uh, he'll uh, he'll be on with us before the end of the year uh, and explain everything. Uh, uh, who was it? Somebody was talking a, a couple weeks ago about how ABC has cut ties with everybody, including uh, uh, the uh, uh, Disney World, uh, Disney Corporation, and. The gentleman who went out and bought up all the contracts. So did Showtime. Remember we talked about yeah. that two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. And uh, now they're uh, they're all. That's why they're raising their prices. Uh, yeah, but you, you, know, can't you know what's what's kind of a good thing about that though is it, it it's starting to that you know unfortunately right what happens is that that's bad. For, for for to to a certain extent, that's bad for boxing business. That's bad boxing business, right? You have, uh, a, you know, a, a network that was behind a promotional company, and all of a sudden they lose those contracts. So we lose, you know, those avenues for us to watch boxing. But when that happens, it's a good thing too because what you lose are the reason why those fights weren't being made. Those fights weren't the fights we want to see a lot of times aren't being made because of the different television networks. So when the networks pull out, these fights are more likely to be made. Because what happens is, why should I fight Bob when I could go ahead and get $10 million from Showtime to fight no one? You know, and Bob right. go ahead Absolutely. and get $10 million from ESPN to fight no one. Well, now all of a sudden ESPN's not paying Bob and Showtime's not paying me. So now we got to get together and find somebody to pay us, right? So it forces these mm-hmm. business uh, entities that, you know, refuse to engage one another, it forces them to engage to survive. So while it's a negative thing in the long term, it's a good thing as far as fans getting the fights that we want to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but just throwing it out there, I will fight either of the Paul brothers for $1. Okay. There it is. Maybe even $0.75. Cents. Okay. And, and and talking about going back to Jamal, um, you know, because it's sad for him because what it sounds like to me is, you know, uh, a big family sticking together, everyone taking care of mom or living out of the household. Jamal makes it, starts paying for stuff, taking care of his older brother. His older brother leaves, comes back around the holidays, starts trouble, and Jamal beats him up, which, which you know, shouldn't be in the house probably for disrespecting mom. But Jamal, you know, is coming off a recent uh, – light heavyweight crown with uh, uh, Glover Texera, you know, back at uh, USC 283, and then uh, he gave that up because he represented Keeley. So if he does come back, 
he'll probably have a shot at Alex Pereira. So I don't, I don't, I don't want to see him get caught up with uh, some drunken domestic dispute when he's one of the top athletes in the division. Mm-hmm. And like Payne said, he's always kind of conducted himself like you know, like a mild mannered professional. So yeah, yeah. I hope, you know, I don't, I don't see that. You know, the quiet ones are the scariest ones anyway. And I, I come from a big family. I know his big brother probably deserves. It. I'm just throwing that out there. I'm just, I don't know anything, but more than likely, yeah. Good. But what, uh, Tom, uh, Ty? What you think of? Uh, Shakar Stevens, uh, Stevenson uh, is a uh, battle with uh, Adela Sato, Santo. You know what? Uh, I, I, I didn't think he looked great at all. Um, he was fighting, a, a, you know, an athletic guy who's also known to be a big puncher. And the two times I've seen Shakur not look particularly great was against guys who were big punchers. And so what that shows me is that he's not learned yet to defuse the bomb. He knows how to avoid the bomb, but he can't defuse the bombs. Like he can't pick apart mm-hmm. and take apart a puncher yet. So what happens is, mm-hmm. is because he's so quick and he has such good defensive instincts, it's hard for anybody to hit him clean. Anybody. Mm-hmm. But if a guy's a big puncher and, you know, has, has pretty good reflexes and good reaction time, then Shakur at the same time won't take the risk to punish the puncher. And so mm-hmm. he's avoiding the bombs, but he's not detonating them. He's not neutralizing mm-hmm. them. So he hasn't really learned how to defuse a puncher yet. And so mm-hmm. until then, when he's fighting a guy that's dangerous with good reaction times, he's going to be gun-shy. That's what I see right now. He hasn't learned how mm-hmm. to – like, Bernard Hopkins was one who could really def- – like, when you think about how Bernard Hopkins fought Tito Trinidad, he defused the puncher. You know what I mean? Right. Not everyone can do that. Not, that's a skill set, right? And that's not something I, I see in Shakur just yet. Uh, it's something he could grow into. So, with that said, it was a tepid performance. I thought, you know, he won the fight. Um, I thought he won. I wouldn't have called it a fight. You know, it was, it was a sporting mm-hmm. event. And I thought he scored more points. He won more rounds, but it was definitely a tepid performance. Um, but at the mm-hmm. same time, De Los Santos is not a guy who presses the fight. He was fighting the, the guy who's clearly the A-side, and he never did anything to press the fight either. So he obviously, mm-hmm. uh, you know, was wary about, you know, just running in on Shakur and giving up points as well. So both guys, you know, were, were tepid in their approach. And, you know, so we had a tepid affair. Yeah. All right. Well, guys, that uh, we're just up against our time here. Uh, I thank you very much for uh, for being so well prepared and ready to go. Uh, it's always good to sit around and and talk boxing with guys of your your quality, especially late on a Saturday night. But, uh, let's see, Bob, you want to lead us out? Absolutely. Always great. Uh, hanging out. Ty, uh, thank you so much for always having my back. Uh, Caden, uh, quit your job so you can be on the, on the air more. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's all about, it's all about me. You know, my narcissist. Uh, well, I just want to talk. I want to talk about on Saturday's night, you know, uh, Frank, thanks for putting everything together. Fight Wars fans. 
Uh, God bless. Have a great week. I may or may not be able to be on uh, next week. Uh, the wife just made dock in Hawaii uh, this morning. Uh, we're flying out Tuesday to go meet her. Um, and so we'll be out there for the next 10 days, uh, starting Tuesday. Um, so uh, I hope to see you. But if not, uh, God bless. Uh, keep those eyes up, chins down, and, and uh, have a great week. Great. Ty? Hey, it was a pleasure being on with you guys. Great hearing Caden's voice. Glad Caden is working and doing the right things, getting himself going in life. Bob, always a pleasure, man. Enjoy Hawaii, whether we talk to you or not. So happy for you. So happy for you and your wife, my friend. Uh, Butch, always a pleasure. I'm glad you're feeling better and progressing and everything as well. Bob is our co-pilot. Coach Mel's watching over us. Dr. Chris keeps us laughing. Everyone have a wonderful week. Be well. Thank you. Hey, uh, uh, Bob, uh, we, uh, we, we, we should, next week we'll dedicate the program to, to your wife because uh, she's been away five months uh, doing a, a, a yeoman job. Uh, please give her our best regards when you see her and, uh, and thank her for her, her service. Ladies well, and gentlemen, these programs, are, these programs are brought to you each and every night of the week. In grateful appreciation to the men and women of the United States Armed Forces the men and women police and fire services, the doctors and nurses at the hospitals fighting COVID, and the first responders, and also the wonderful people, including Katie, who are stocking the shelves tonight at Stupid Bracket. Uh, these programs are also dedicated to, excuse me, to those who lost their lives in the line of duty. Deputy Robert Anthony Carroll, Patrolman David Yadwood, yeah, David uh, Curtis, please. David Curtis, Patrolman Jeffrey Yaswitz, Sergeant Tom Back, excuse me, Baker from Charlotte County Sheriff's Department, Detective Ricky Childers, and Deputy Detective Ricky Bell. Sergeant Tom Wilson, Charlotte County Sheriff's Office. Uh, Patrolman Charlie Connors, Harper Springs Police Department. Deputy Chief Mike Godwin, Philadelphia Fire Department. Lieutenant Joyce Craig Lewis, Philadelphia Fire, Fire Department. Sergeant James O'Connor, Philadelphia Police Department. Sergeant Chris LeVake, Hillsborough County Sheriff's Department. Patrolman Onofa, Crispin Lakeland PD. Lieutenant Joe Zerba, Newcastle County Police. Patrolman Josh uh, Myers, North, National County Sheriff's Department. Captain Matt Letourneau of Philadelphia Fire Department. Captain Chris Leach, Wilmington Fire Department. Lieutenant Artis Pope, Wilmington Fire Department. Lieutenant Jerry Fikas, Wilmington Fire Department. <clears throat> Trooper Joe Bullock, Florida Highway Patrol. Trooper Chelsea Richards, Florida Highway Patrol. Chief Al Hogle, Wilmington Peak Police Department. Chief Jimmy Porter, Wilmington Fire Department. Deputy Mike Hargrove, Pine Ellis County Sheriff's Department. Deputy Blaine Lane and Deputy Chris Myers. Polk County Sheriff's Department, Sergeant Christopher Fitzgerald, Philadelphia Police Department, and the Temple University Police Department, and Sergeant uh, Rodriguez of uh, Richard Mendez, I'm sorry, Richard Mendez of the Philadelphia Police Department. My brothers and sisters, although you be 10-7 at this point in time, sometime will be 10-10 at the table of the Lord. Till that time, may the Rose rise up to meet you. 
May the winds be always at your back. May the rains fall softly on your fields and the sun shine lightly on your face. Until we meet again, may the good Lord keep you and your family always in the hollow of his hand. Good night, God bless, and have a great week. County Dispatch to 1999. County Dispatch to 1999. County Dispatch to 1999. All units be advised, 1999 is responded to the last emergency. May God rest his soul and all the souls of the faithful departed. May he rest in peace. Amen. Good night, Bob. We love you and we miss you.